0: How much do you know about Lady Bird Johnson? Yes, she was the first lady. Yes, Austin's downtown lake is named after her. Yes, we honor her when we see blue bonnets in the spring, but there was much more to this native Texan. Learn more about Lady Bird, the businesswoman political advisor and philanthropist in the exhibit Lady Bird Beyond the Wildflowers at the LBJ Presidential Library. And for the remainder of June, in honor of the anniversary of the Civil Rights Act, all visitors to the LBJ Presidential Library will receive a commemorative signing pen. Open daily, 9 to 5. Learn more at lbjlibrary.org. <laughs> Welcome back to Austin Found. Thank you for tuning in. I'm J.B. Hager. And I'm Michael Barnes. We're with the Austin American Statesman and Austin 360. And what's fun about this show is jumping around from years to years. The last episode, we were just a few years back. Now we go back to, well, really starting 20,000 years ago. I'll explain in a second. But going back to knowledge of it goes back to 1909. And we've talked about what Austin was like in 1909. Yeah itty bitty 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 town right <laughs> that's right not much happening here so you think about how small austin was in 1909 and then if you're to venture outside of austin to a town called florence right not that far now from here, now a suburb pretty much right yeah right. yeah you could definitely live and commute into austin from florence there was not much out there at all no it was ranch lands yeah, yeah. And it's hilly. It's hilly rough terrain out there. It is.
1: It is. It's well watered. And it's pretty. The place that we're going to be talking about, the Galt site, is a, got a little canyon and then a meadow. And so it had everything that humans needed. It had versions of shelter and food and water and also chert. That was the most important thing. I
0: don't know what chert is. I have to admit that. I didn't. It's like Flint. Okay.
1: And so, you use it on your projectile point if you're living in the Stone Age. Mm. And so, 20,000 years ago, the first Austinites were living. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you and I? No. They were living out there. And this has this only recently been understood. Uh, early on, they uh, archeologists figure out, well, this goes back to as far back as we know, like 13,000 years ago. But now they're finding artifacts that, and they're using analytical tools that prove that it goes back, this particular site goes back to 20,000 years ago, which is a lot further back than historians and Mm -hmm. anthropologists and archaeologists have thought. And who was Galt? Galt owned the land back in 1909. You brought up 1909. And on Buttermilk. Creek, and he turned up all these artifacts while cultivating, while, you know. Just easily finding stuff. Oh, yeah. They were just near the surface. They were everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's named after him. And then in 1929, Professor Professor J.P. Pierce, who was the former principal of Austin High and the founder of UT's Department of Anthropology, led the first formal dig at the site, What kind of stuff were they finding? They were finding things. They're beginning to find things from the Clovis era. And Clovis was a site in New Mexico where tools were found that fit a particular uh, shape and size and material that at the time was considered the oldest types of artifacts found in,
0: in the Americas. In all of the Americas. In all of the Americas. Interesting. So that becomes the standard for that name. For tools of that era is the Clovis, Clovis era. era. Okay.
1: There really isn't a name for this even older era that goes back to 20,000 years ago because there's not enough commonalities found in the different sites where older tools have been found. Hmm.
0: And then you fast forward to the i guess it went a little dormant for a while yeah on anyone doing any digs out there you Get forward to the 80s and it was a pay to dig site yeah it was uh, uh, a great would make a great field trip yeah
1: right? you paid 25 dollars to go out there and haul off whatever you found you could, you could just take stuff
0: they wasn't yeah. being tested or no. documented or approved it was just a that's wild a, a to think about. A big
1: party, and, uh, and they left behind a lot of cigarette butts and beer cans, which oh later gosh.
0: digs and found all of it. <laughs> uh, Interesting. And then what kind of stuff were they finding in the 80s? Again, just surface stuff kind of thing like we were talking about? More.
1: They were beginning to find things that were older and older, and one of the things they found was a mammoth jawbone, and that's that's quite a find. Just before they wrapped up the University of Texas's most recent formal dig there, they found a stone floor of what could be considered the oldest
0: building in North America. The surface floor of the oldest building. Right. Who's in control of this land now? Yes.
1: Well, the Archaeological Conservancy, and they're associated with the Galt School of Archaeology. This is a group that not only continues to interpret the site, they give tours. And if you have 10 people, you can get a tour of the golf Hmm. site. Now, I will warn you that it's been covered back up. You don't get to see the kind of open pit Digs that you see in like Raiders of the Lost yeah, Ark that's or something. <laughs>
0: everyone thinks of Raiders. I thought of Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark when when I was reading this. Say, so what do you mean they've covered it back up? Like, well, uh, like, like are you talking about like a canvas cover or like put soil, dirt back over soil there? on it? Really? Yeah, which and, protects it. Oh, and so it's something they can easily remove oh, if they could, decide to go. Future generations could go back in. Do they feel like they have found everything that? This has to offer, or there could be more real organized digs at this site. That's a fantastic question, and another time that you have
1: motivated me to do a follow up <laughs> <laughs> interview with the original people because I love spending time out there, uh, and the the head of it, D. Clark Wernicky who's the executive director of the Galt School of Archaeological Research, and his assistant, Tom Williams, were fantastic tour guides, Mm -hmm. terrible puns. (laughs) Oh, no. <laughs> through, which I happen to have a soft spot for so. Do you? Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. We
0: don't have the pun off
1: anymore, do we? I think we oh, well, We haven't had it during the pandemic. The O'Henry Henry pun off. Maybe they did it online. I have you see. ever
0: participated? I have
1: observed it. Okay. <laughs> I, I agree that the, the lowest form of humor, but I still love them. It,
0: it will make you laugh, right? Mm-hmm. And didn't they also find uh, some forms of art? How far oh, back yeah. might that have been? Yeah, no, they, they
1: found uh, artifacts that may be among the oldest pieces of art uh, around and in, in the Americas. And one of the things that's, that's really interesting is that it's made scientists rethink how the original humans got here, is that if it was 20,000 years ago, there wouldn't have been the land bridge when the the oceans went down and Mm. the ice age, uh, all that, you know, the crossing across the Bering Sea, but rather they probably came by boat.
0: And so that's making people rethink. Well, I happen to know this as an avid boater, once your boat's about 10 years old, it doesn't run. (laughs) So I can't imagine (laughs) how they were getting across by boat that many years ago.
1: Following the coastlines, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I try to imagine that kind of thing, and it's just <sighs>
0: daunting. Signing up to get on a boat with so much unknown. It's just mind-boggling. Yeah. It really is. So this is fun. This is fun. I like the, how you, how you proposed this. When you toured in 2019, you go, here are my takeaways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll go through. There are 10 of them. Let's go through them one at a time. The first one is
1: that the oldest projectile points from the site are now on display at the Bullock Texas State History Museum, mm-hmm. which you can go and see anytime. And just as you go in the, the new exhibit about the oldest eras of Texas called Becoming Texas, and just to the right, the star artifact is something from the gobbled side of wow. the projectile point.
0: It makes me think about how many people walked away with things like that in the 80s. Exactly. It might be have some real value. And they're si-
1: sitting in some a box, a drawer. Yeah, and nobody knows and nobody will ever know. Gosh. So, second from my list was that they're dating more and more artifacts back to 20,000 years ago. And so it, it's among a dozen pre Clovis sites now in the Americas. Hmm. Another thing is that computers are helping to collate the millions of artifacts and they're using GIS, Ge- geographical information systems, so that you know where the artifact was found. You mark it as being from this precise spot.
0: Oh, this is more of a mapping of it, not it analyzing
1: the material, no. a mapping of where it was and yeah. what period. And And then there are all kinds of new techniques for looking at the material itself. Hmm. And I'm going to stumble over these names, but one of them is called optically stimulated luminescence dating. And basically, soil samples are taken horizontally from different strata, top to bottom. Then in a dark room, small particles of quartz and feldspar are separated from the sample and exposed to a special light, and under these optical stimulations. They give off an energy that tells us when they last saw the sun. Oh, my God. Who thought that up? (laughs) That's unbelievable. (laughs) And they also (laughs) have uh, a method for seeing what's on an artifact better, you know, like incised stones. And so. Did you feel like you were back in school? (laughs) Well, I was learning a lot that I didn't know. I can tell you that. Uh They use polynomial texture mapping, which takes all these photographs of the tiny artifact and then combines them in a way that the image can be manipulated so you can see the f- faint lines on the piece of stone better. Mm. This is deep stuff. Uh, it, it,
0: I know. Yeah, my head is spinning. I was delighted
1: to be able to go there, and, and I was delighted to have the, the, the tour guides that I had. And I think we need more interest in
0: archaeology in Texas and in the Austin area. Yeah, it, like you said already, when you say archaeology, we think about Raiders of the Lost Ark, like as if because we're a younger land, it doesn't matter. It absolutely It absolutely matters. matters. Absolutely. And then uh, and I started thinking more about what you said with mapping is – You said they found more of these pre-Clovis periods. If they start mapping it with all the – they might figure out some migration and –
1: Yeah, if other other pre-Clovis sites are are found, they can start telling all kinds of things. As you say, how did they get there? Mm -hmm. How were they connected? Did they trade? You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of archaeology in Texas has to do prior to the arrival of the Europeans. And what can we tell – that people traded, like for instance, if they have shells from the
0: Pacific Ocean, all <laughs> oh, right, they somebody traded to get those. You, you know, know where they came, what direction they came yeah, from, too. Uh, yeah, or something you only see East Coast, exactly. Huh. Very cool, very interesting. And you can go arrange a tour with a Absolutely. sizable group. Yes.
1: You know, one of the things that I conjectured, and I have a a little piece coming out on that soon about for newcomers, is that they arrived 20,000 years ago, the first Austinites, and some people thought it's been going
0: downhill ever since. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) 19,000 years ago, they were going, this is not like it was a thousand years ago. It's lost its culture, gaultschool.org, G-A-U-L-T school.org, gaultschool.org. If you'd like to donate, support this, find out more information, maybe arrange a tour. Uh, if you live in central Austin, it might make a nice, nice day trip to go see Florence anyway, right? Absolutely. Very cool. And again, this is out of volume four. Of Indelible Austin, which just hit the shelves fairly recently. We're in May of 2022. Congratulations. Thank, on you. Your Thank you. You can get that at AustinHistory.net
1: or at Book People and, and a lot of other places.
0: And you can reach out to Michael at M Barnes at Statesman.com. And you can catch me at Jay Hager, H A G E R, at Statesman.com. And thanks for tuning in to Austin Found. Happy trade.